You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back. It is time for Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Also, you might be listening to us on 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas or 11.40 The Bet. If you're listening to us over the airwaves, we appreciate that. Do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, all you have to do is search Silver and Black today. You'll find us. Make sure you subscribe and hit the auto download. If you're watching us on YouTube, thanks. Participate in the chat. The chat's always fun, and we uh, we have a good time in there. Lively crew in the YouTube chat. Subscribe there. Hit the notifications bell. you got to hit the notifications bell, or you won't know when there's a new video. So much to talk about here on Silver and Black today. And as you know, Mo Moten continues to recover. He's had some health issues. He's good. He's working, but he's still a few days away from getting back to the show. So uh, keep him in your thoughts and prayers, as I've said all along. But subbing in for him is uh, my good friend, and that is Evan Grote. Evan Grote is the host of the Just Pod Baby podcast. Of course, you know him. He's been on the show a million times. He's also a producer over at SportsNot.com. Mm-hmm. Does a lot of work over there as well. So, Evan, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate you subbing in for Mo. And you like mint ice cream, right? I do. I do. I'm actually a big fan of mint chocolate chip. I mean, there's not many ice uh, creams that I don't like, but yes, definitely, I'm a fan of that. See, so now Mo's fired. Uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> uh, we've had we've had some people be like, "What happened to Mo? Did he did, did he get uh, did he do a Blake Martinez and retire in the middle of the season?" Uh, no, he did not. Uh, so he'll be back soon. But Evan, it's it's been a tough several weeks for Raider Nation. You have oh, by the way. Make sure you subscribe to Evan's podcast as well. That is Just Pod Babies, part of Sports Not as well on their network. So make sure you do that uh, and follow him on Twitter at egrote5, egrote5, uh, as in Kerry Collins, right? That was his number with the Raiders, right? Yeah. That okay. was my old high school number, that too. That was your high school number. And and Evan <laughs> yeah. will tweet out some of his high school. He looks like a little bigger than Doug Flutie, but he he, he, he looks good. I'll take it, dude. You, you, I played. I played defensive lineman, and I'm only five ten. So you can imagine how bad I was. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, uh, five seven, trying to play quarterback with with hands the size of a middle school kid. It wasn't always easy, but uh, I made it work. Well, yes, and and you look good doing it too. But you're upstate New York, you know. You you had your you had your day, which was good. But good good fun and good videos. But Evan, let's jump into this uh, and talk about the Raiders. Clear, we saw the injury report on Wednesday. Nothing surprising there. Some guys missing some time, uh, and and we did see Rocky Sin for personal reasons, eh, whatever. But otherwise, just normal nicks and bruises for the NFL. Uh, and, and the Raiders already have an extensive IR list as it, as it stands with Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro obviously being the big names on there. But looking at the conversation, Evan, and, and you do this a lot, obviously, with your podcast. You see it on Twitter. You've been like Mr. Stat Machine tweeting out all these stats about <laughs> the Raiders and, and, and what's going on. Um, the conversation is just negative, and I understand why. And we're starting to, I think, identify some issues here. There's issues with coaching. There's issues with the roster. There's issues with the front office. And I think when you are a team in the NFL and you're two and seven, two and eight, two and seven, excuse me, two and seven. I said two and eight yesterday, I think. I hope that's not true for Raider fans out there. But <laughs> you're two and seven. That's not one thing failing, right? I, I, I tweeted out on Wednesday that, hey, you know what? You can have two things be correct or multiple things be correct. And the causation for why things are going wrong can be multiple failures. Isn't that what we have here is multiple failures? Absolutely. Multiple failures. And, and, you know, we've had a lot of finger pointing and a lot of blaming going on throughout the season. Is it the head coach? Is it the offense? Is it the quarterback, the defense? The answer is it's all the above. It has just been uh, a collection of, of disappointments. It's been a collection of failures um, by, by really everyone. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's really hard to, to pinpoint. I mean, uh, you could, you could look to a couple of players who have really um, been successful this year, but really it, it's been a, just a, a whole team failure and, and the coaching staff uh, been a major disappointment as well as the general manager too, because you look yeah. at some of the decisions that he made, um, bringing players in like Chandler Jones, who's been a huge disappointment. I mean, there's blame to go around everywhere. That's for sure. Yeah. And it's interesting. And I don't know, I'm trying to remember back to when I was a big football fan. Of course I grew up a charger fan and that was a miserable existence, but nonetheless, we, when you look at it, I remember getting angry at certain things and yeah, the coach stinks and all that kind of stuff. But I've, I don't think I've ever seen a time, and I talked about it on yesterday's mailbag show, where there's an obsession with people putting blame on one person or one thing, and they want to ride that horse until it drops. So if you hate Derek Carr, it's all his fault. If you hate Josh McDaniels, it's his fault. If you hate Mark Davis, he needs to sell the team. And, and I, I get the frustration, right, especially for Raider fans who've gone through years, and Evan, you're a Raider fan, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I don't understand the fixation where you throw out all logic and instead of thinking about, okay, why are the real reason? What is the real reason why this team isn't good? And it's not one person's fault. It's multiple issues, like you said. Um, do you find that too? Do you find that strange or am I just maybe not remembering that it's always been this way? Well, yeah, I mean, we're talking about the Raiders and and the fan base is, is very emotional, um, and you know, we have suffered for a very long time and, and, you know, we're fed up with it, to be honest. I mean, yeah, I am I so fed it. up with the drama, um, the car wars, um, the embarrassment <laughs> that the organization has, has brought to the fan base. 
I mean, I'm just tired of it. And, and you know, when, when things go uh, awry, uh, you know, people are going to start blaming each other and it's going to be chaotic. And that's what you're seeing right now amongst the fan base. I mean, it's, it's as divided as it's ever been, mm. um, which has been divided for a long time now. Uh, but I, I've never seen things as bad as it is right now with this fan base. And, you know, the debate and the discussion is going to continue to go on. There's still eight games left <laughs> this year. That's the other is, thing. Which is hard to it's hard to believe. I mean, th- this yeah. season feels like it's been about two seasons long already. And there's <laughs> after and last there's still, season, after last season seemed yeah. like it was two seasons long. Yeah. And that's, right. that's the point I'm making is that it's just, I mean, and you saw Derek Carr too, this uh, last week at the press conference. I mean, he's mentally broke down and I think the fan base is, is right there with him. Right there with him. Yeah. And it's interesting because you, we have Murph on and you've been on with us on the post game as well. A bunch uh, and Murph is as hardcore a fan as you can get, but it's interesting how some people see it through a lens of, look, yeah, I'm mad as hell. I'm tired of this. I'm, I'm, it's just old, but yet they can still root for their team and still do it. I'm seeing people telling me now, again, in, in the fit of anger, you sometimes say things you don't mean. So I'm having people though, reach out to me and say, I'm done. I'm done. I'm checking out now. I understand it to a certain degree. I, I don't believe him because I've never met a group of more loyal fans in my life than Raider Nation. I was a Charger fan. After 2013, I knew they were moving. I was done. That's before I did this show. I was doing this at all. So just relax if you're, you have a problem with that. But um, I just walked away because they were, they were leaving the city, right? And so I was just done. I was like, it was a perfect way to cut loose. And it was the best decision I ever made. But at the same time, I just don't I, – I, I try to implore people to be positive. And then, of course, people are yelling at me for trying to tell them to be positive. So <laughs> it's an interesting thing. <laughs> yeah. But but back to the Derek Carr thing, too. Um, Derek Carr is dominating the headlines again. The emotional press conference, which I defended him on because people were trying to say he's soft because he's crying and all that stuff. And, and I actually feel for him from that perspective because I said it today, and that is um, – I would have been I would have asked to be traded if I was him a long time ago. The dysfunction in this organization and, and how much has that played mentally into how he's regressed this year, not not to mention the system and the coach unwilling to probably bend his system. Uh, but but I, I, I think that you have to look at the Derek Carr situation and say it's time to move on, not because he's not a good quarterback, but because it's such a fractured and damaged relationship. Give the guy a chance somewhere else, and then the Raiders can turn the page too and not have somebody who's lived through living hell for his entire career. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Absolutely. You know, Derek Carr has never struck me as the kind of guy that's going to run away from adversity. No. Um, that's just not the, that's not the kind of guy he is. But I, I think everybody has uh, their breaking point. And, and you know, he, he hears what's being said about him. He knows the disrespect that is out there about him. Uh, we know that. And, and I think at a certain point he has to be saying to himself, what am I doing here? You know, I have given this organization everything I have and mm-hmm. he's been rewarded ha- handsome, handsomely for that financially, but th- they have failed him. And, and, you know, I know there was an article out there 
uh, this week by by bar stools, and I'm sure we're going to get into that a little bit later oh, yeah. on. And it, and it goes through the the nine years of of failures to build a defense around him, and uh, all the coaching changes and the coordinators. Um, you know, they really have they have failed to build around him, and and I and I will admit that. Yeah. Um, and and I'm sure in his mind, he's got to be fed up with it. And I think that's what we saw from his press conference on Sunday when he said, you know, nine years of crap hit me tonight. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know he has said he'd rather retire than play for anyone but the Raiders, but I still think he's, I mean, he's only what, 31 years old. Yeah. Um, and he could still play as long as he wants to. I'm sure that's, that thought has creeped into his mind at this point is, is, you know, should I go elsewhere? Do, do I, you know, can I reach my full potential in another place? And, and I agree with you. I, I think it's time for a split. Um, it has been nine years of this. Um, and it's not all the failures of the, the franchise to build around him. He hasn't been perfect at times as well. Mm-hmm. He has not been that guy to uh, consistently anyways, to put mm-hmm. the team on his shoulders and overcome some of the deficiencies that, um, you know, he's had to deal with. So again, there, there's, there's, it's twofold, you know, he's just not that good. He's not elite. And then the the problem is what's the, the chaos that's been going on around him. So I'm right. sure he's, he's thinking about getting out for sure. Well, and, that, and that's what I was saying earlier about two things being true simultaneously. Okay. You can be a top 15 quarterback and be Derek Carr. And you can also look at the organization and say they haven't done anything to help them. Right. And I think it's a good example this year. I think the reason he's regressed, we've talked about it on the show a million times. He's not comfortable in the system, and Josh McDaniels does not seem willing to bend or maybe change the system a little bit at first to make him comfortable. And not only that, he's got a crap offensive line. Okay? So that clearly says to me, and that's why I brought up, and I know some people might think it's a conspiracy theory, but I brought up maybe this was the plan all along. Maybe they said, hey, we're going to give Derek the extension, but it's got the one year out, which we all know about. I've been talking about it for this week. And, and now we'll see, we'll give him a shot. If he can't hang, guess what? We're going, we're done. And I think there might be some truth to that because you saw a lot of firestorm uh, from the media, particularly around that this team is now saying, well, no, we knew we had to build well, but all their moves around uh, moving uh, uh, guys out and, and putting their, their uh, hard cap hits later and stretching it out over the next couple of years, giving all the, the big extensions that you gave, Evan, this team, I don't care what, and, and I agree with those guys, I, what, no matter what they try to spin, that was not the plan was not that this was going to be a transition year. They spent way too much money, made too many moves, including Chan- you don't sign Chandler Jones if you're rebuilding. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought this up because I was thinking about this today as I was <clears throat> starting to gather some ideas for my own podcast tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think I think Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler were put into a very unique situation mm. when they took the job in Las Vegas. And the situation that I'm talking about is they were taking over for a team that was 10 and 7 and went to the playoffs. It's not often that you see a coaching change for a team that was in the playoffs the previous year. Right. So you had a fan base whose expectations now are that, wow, we're a playoff team now. We should be able to get back here again next year, especially now that we have Devontae Adams. They went out and signed Chandler Jones, right? So expectations from the fans, at least, were through the roof. But, you know, maybe 
inside that uh, headquarters. And, and Henderson, maybe the belief was, you know what, we still got a lot of turnover to do, a lot of changes to make on this roster. We want to be competitive this year, but it, it, you know what? Maybe it may not work out because in their vision may be more long term. And, you know, I've heard to be. Um, yeah, I mean, I've heard some people talk about that and a lot of, of the writers are writing about that. Um, and again, and I and I've alluded to this many times as well. Uh, last year, the Raiders won a lot of close games. It's been well documented. Seven of the wins came by an average of three point four points last year. A lot of close games. That's not a recipe to mm. have consistent success in this league look what they're doing this year they're losing all of those games now by an average of 4.3 points yes. so i mean that is the nfl i think the expectations were a little high to be honest i mean i saw people think saying oh they're gonna win 12 games they're gonna win 13 games <laughs> i don't know if that was realistic i really don't to be honest with you and and i was guilty i said 11 i i got fooled and i shouldn't say i got fooled i threw red meat and i shouldn't have I, I had my doubts, but I think I think Mo picked ten wins. I picked eleven. Just going that we went through the schedule. I think you did that too. And I, I picked a floor. I, you know, I didn't actually make a prediction this year. I went with a floor. floor and a ceiling. I thought I said yeah. floor was nine. All things going correct. Everything was in a perfect world. Twelve wins. I thought was the ceiling. I mean, we yeah. were all wrong. Every, everyone we all got wrong. it wrong. No, nobody. Absolutely predicted it would be this bad. No. But there was signs that a possible regression was possible. I, I think the signs were there. Yeah, no doubt. They did nothing to fix the defensive line, nothing to, well, except for the Chandler Jones signing. Bilal Nichols was an okay signing. We thought he'd be better than he is. Uh, and, of course, they did all that stuff on offense. I mean, you spend $200 million on offense in one offseason. Yeah. And I think that set the expectation. But you're right about the the playoff thing. And we're going to talk about that later in the last segment. First, what we're going to do, Evan's going to stand by and we're going to go to an interview. We've got Nick Ferguson, 12-year veteran safety, coming up. He now uh, is the co-host of the TD Denver podcast, which is one of our podcasts here on Odyssey. Yes, the Odyssey Network has a podcast for every team. And Nick, a uh, Georgia Tech alumni, by the way, he... Uh, is the co-host on that one. He's in Denver, and he's going to join us. He's not just going to talk about Denver, but we're going to talk about the AFC West. I'm going to ask him, we all thought, including Evan, you and I talked about this, yeah. we thought the AFC West was going to be the best division in football in the last 25 years. And guess what? <laughs> the Broncos at 3-6, and six, the Raiders at 2-7 and seven are facing off to each other. And, and those two fan bases were fighting the, who could win the division that the Chiefs were going to fall down, and it's been exactly the opposite. So I'm going to ask him about that. I'll also ask him about there's a lot of similarities between the Broncos situation and the Raiders situation, and we'll get into that here. And then when we come back after the interview, Evan will rejoin us. We're going to talk a little bit about a piece that Tashawn Reed wrote in The Athletic, as well as the Barstool piece that Evan mentioned. We're going to talk about those things coming up as well. But when we come back from the break, Nick Ferguson joins us from the TD Denver podcast and Odyssey original, just like silver and black today. So don't go anywhere as we roll on talking Las Vegas Raiders football. <laughs> 